0: Hello, and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Megan sat down to continue their recapping of Disney Channel original movies. Megan, I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you, Hannah. Thank you very much for having me back. You know, I know that this series is truly what makes you excited to be a podcaster, and just all these chats that we get to have really invigorate. And so I'm just happy to, to provide that service for you.
0: I mean, I will say I love the fact that every two months I get to bother you and say, hey, it's it's time for me to bother you again. And it's really fun because I get to see your face. And for a long time, I didn't see your face for a pretty good stretch of time. So it's a great Look at thing. us now. We've tracked yeah. it. You think of it as a bother. I think of it really as a chance to reconnect
1: and a trip down memory lane. So – that's you know, it's it's a win Centered for us all. around Disney movies,
0: which is fantastic,
1: and Disney Channel movies, which are superior. Okay, no, no, no other delightful co-host is bringing you this quality decom content, Hannah. Them fighting I, words. I serve hot, piping hot takes <laughs> every time about parents and you know the trials and tribulations of being thirteen. And I think both of these movies that we're going to talk about today
0: really are just right in my wheelhouse. So I'm excited to get into it. So since our guests have heard you before, my question for you today is tied to the main movie we're talking about. And so my question is, when you were younger, did you ever play mermaids in the pool? Um, No, because
1: I didn't have a pool or access to a pool for a really long time. No. So I was never also like a mermaid kid. Um, I did have a friend shout out to Jessica. We would play like shopkeeper a lot. Um, we lived next door to each other and so we would buy things from each other for pennies. Yeah, no, I was never a big swimmer. Water wasn't something that was really important or I guess not important, but something prevalent a lot in my life. So I was never a mermaid kid. I didn't I also wasn't like a, a unicorn kid or like a pretend to be anything kid. I think if anything, I probably pretended that my stuffed animals were Pokemon. Um,
0: but that's about it. <laughs> I, I have a good unicorn story to tell you off the podcast. so Wonderful. I will tell you that in a moment. So let's go ahead and talk about the first movie you're going to talk about today, which is Can of Worms.
1: Yes. So I believe I told you at the end of Xenon that I was going to not make you watch Can of Worms because it is weird. And listeners, it is weird. I had forgotten how Strange, this movie is. I I guess the the execs at Disney were like, "Let's try something different." You know, really can of worms. AKA, I did not realize that my actions would have consequences. So, off the bat, I went and looked, and this movie came out like three months after Xenon did. So clearly, the release schedule with Disney was wild, and there was no consistency. Um, But basically, the movie opens up to this boy, man, child, who is sending a message out to aliens in the middle of a thunderstorm. And off the bat, I was thinking to myself, this is going to go well. And we're going to, of course, we're going to, you know, jump back in time several days to let you know why he is in the middle of a thunderstorm, asking aliens to come abduct him, please. But, you know, you got to have the teaser before you go back. So a popular movie trope. So at very first, I was kind of judgy of this kid. Because I was like, alien kids, really, that's what we're going to do. But, you know, if I'm being honest, he's kind of the other side of the coin from Marnie from Halloween Town. You know, she likes that kind of stuff. This is the alien kid. Every class has an alien kid. Um, Again, I honestly saw this movie once or twice before. It is very, very weird. So uh, there's a computer savvy teen named Mike who contacts aliens one of them, of course, being a talking dog, and they're welcome, welcome, he's welcoming them to kidnap him from Earth because he is tired of living on Earth and he is tired of living up to his parents' expectations. Um, honestly, the aliens are kind of mostly scammers. There's a little kid who gets kidnapped. He's fine in the end. Um, and then in Act 3, Mike can magically speak alien hand language signs. Uh, yes, Hannah with the question. <laughs> they're They're scammers. Yeah, so he's like, hey, aliens, come get me. And because he opened the proverbial floodgates, lots of aliens come down. There's, you know, an alien who kind of looks like Slimer for Ghostbusters, who is, I believe, a lawyer, an intergalactic lawyer. There is aliens who are trying to sell him things. There is an alien with, like, this really, like, I I guess she's supposed to be a hot alien. It's the only lady alien. But, you know, she's trying to get him to do, like... Merchandising deals, really. There's, you know, (laughs) they're all out there trying to get their cut of the of the intergalactic credits.
0: Okay, interesting. I just was like, aliens are scammers. Like, what? Yeah.
1: And anyone who has sat for the 84 minutes of Can of Worms knows, and I'm not lying, like they are scammers. Um so yes. Then yeah, again, in Act Three, Mike can magically do alien language with this little like stone thing. We don't talk about it. it. It just happens. Um he then of course decides he does not want to be an alien because I guess they were being kept in cages. Oh, and now he loves to play football. Um because of course. So um a couple things I will point out. During the Halloween dance, there is this song that's playing which was also on the ears premiere CD. I skipped that song a lot. Obviously, there is not a lot of love for this movie in my heart. Um, but, you know, I think it's a movie for kids who either really like aliens or perhaps they feel like they don't belong in their home, at school, or in society in general. Um, I feel like in the decom pitch meeting, the Xenon person went and then the suits were all, like, blown away. They were like, yes, girl in space, I get it. And then they moved down to the next table and the group, like, forgot they had to prep something. And they were like, um, aliens. Our movie is going to be about aliens. So that's – aliens are going to talk. This might have been around the time that X-Files was also really big, but they were like, let's get in on that action. So um, one of the questions I know that you like to ask, Hannah, is if it's kind of based on any source material. I did find out that Can of Worms is based on a kid's book. Um, It's part of a series, but I think from what I could tell, only the first book is about Mike. Um, The rest of it are kind of like other little aspects, but I have no desire to read it. Um, The internet rabbit hole told me that apparently the author of the book wrote the screenplay. She then got replaced. It was rewritten three different times. The author then came back and then she had to go to court with the Writers Guild so that she could win sole writing credit for this hot mess of a movie. Um, Yeah, it is – kind of a movie mess. I feel bad. But Mark Mothersbaugh was, you know, he was back Mothersbaugh buying the score, um, which I think was a highlight for me. Definitely also had very similar kind of um, notes to the Halloween Town soundtrack that we had kind of talked about in that episode with, you know, kind of the, the I don't know my musical terminology, but kind of like the, the bopping, the lightheartedness, the, you know, kind of zippity-doo-dah kind of way of music um jovial. which again was wonderful jovial that's a perfect word for it but i do think that if i had made you watch this movie hannah you would probably have immediately disinvited me from the pod and never to be heard from again so
0: based solely on your description of this movie because i did not watch it because you told me hey i'm just gonna cover it real quick because like in our like description you know me and you are going over decoms, right so we've got to like at least touch on it even if we don't like Go deep dive into it. So I appreciate it. I'm not a big alien person. And so I appreciate that you did not make me watch it. That's fair. And again,
1: I would have loved to have watched Under Wraps. But tragically, it is not on Disney, Sh- uh, Disney Plus. And I just, I'm i not a Kirk Cameron fan and talking animals also. So that's why we skipped You Lucky Dog. But again, it was fine for what it was. Um, I think there are probably some people who maybe it's their favorite decom, But again, it's the least favorite one of the ones that we've, we have recapped so far. But um, as I do, I'm going to kind of quickly go over people who were in this movie and other Disney properties they're a part of, and then we'll kind of go to our list. So Michael Schulman plays Mike. He was a voice of one of the kind of main side characters in Recess. Um, Adam Wiley was Nick, who was the friend. This is his second Disney Channel original movie after Unwraps two years before. Um, He was in a bunch of different things like Shake It Up, American Dragon Jake Long, Um, He was in a Wonderful World of Disney movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven show, Some Boy Meets World, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Apparently, he has a really big role in uh, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. He was on Pepper Ann. Um, Lee Garlington is the mom. She was in the same Wonderful World of Disney movie as Adam Wiley. Brighton Hertford was the sister Jill. She was in Return to Halloween Town, so we will see her again, Um, the Parent Trap movie, and Leave it to Beaver. Malcolm Murdoch was one of the alien voices. He was in Phineas and Ferb, Mr. Magoo, Bolt, Aladdin series, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Bruce Linoli was an alien. He was the Timon voice double in the Lion King properties. Um, he was in the Dinosaurs, the Country Bears. Wally Wingert was in Stitch, Kingdom Hearts, Alice Through the Looking Glass, and then a lot of the Avengers animated properties. And then Tara Strong is in so much Disney stuff. She is a queen of voice acting um, and is wonderful. Um, in terms of kind of our um, our regular countdowns, um, how many of these movies are sports? It was a non-sports movie, though he did play football. It didn't really have a major role in the film, so I didn't count it as a sports movie. It was a, um, I believe, Fade to Black. And then Mike, the protagonist, was a male. The other third kind of main lead, um, besides Michael and Adam Wiley, is um, Erica Christensen, who is known for like Swim Fan and Parenthood and things like that. So yeah, again, if it's your thing, if you're a big alien movie, or you want to, you know, see a kid kind of grow and become accepted and and learn to kind of thrive in where he is, Can of Worms might be good for you. But for me, I probably don't ever need to see
0: it again. So I guess... I assumed this is a live-action film, but a lot of these actors that you mentioned when you were talking about things that they do, these are a lot of animated properties. Is this a live-action movie or is it animated? Yeah,
1: it's very much live-action, and then I would say by and large probably the aliens are either puppets or like one of the aliens is a dog that talks. It has like a voice box, so – um, I would say, yeah, probably live action and puppet. Um, I don't watch a lot of Disney Channel now, but I feel like Disney has kind of a lot of animated properties that they do now, especially like kids stuff. So that's probably, it's probably easier to get work for Disney doing animated stuff. But one last thing I will mention is after I watched The 13th Year as well, um, I did go and watch three episodes of Christie's Throwback Kitchen, um, starring Christy Carlson Romano. And one of the ones she had was Adam Wiley, um, who was in the movie? And in his throwback kitchen, he does not mention Can of Worms at all. They talk <laughs> mostly about his work um, in other Disney properties as well as under wraps, but not a mention of Can of Worms from Adam Wiley. But that's okay. I understand. You know, gotta hit the highlights. It's only so long. Yeah, they made cake pops.
0: This is unre- <laughs> This is unrelated completely. But a uh, a while back, Lizzie Olson did an interview. And at the end of the interview, like, they gave her the opportunity to, you know, like, be like, watch WandaVision. And they were like, do you have anything you want to share? And she was like, I'm just, like, really loving life in New York. And so, like, that's what it makes me think of. Like, I'm not going to promote my work. I'm just going to talk. But actually, what it is is I probably don't want to talk about this work. So the next movie in the Disney Channel series Saga. I don't know what the right Let's cinematic saga. universe. That,
1: mm, I wouldn't say cinematic universe, but I would definitely not say saga. Yes, Pantheon. Pantheon.
0: Ooh, the, I like ding- that word. Pantheon. There we go. Featuring Megan Canfield. There you go. Perfect. So the next movie is the Thirteenth Year, which you've referenced a few times. Why don't you give us a storyline for um, the Thirteenth Year? And I've got a few places where I'm gonna like jump in. I've got one that's clearly written, but I'm just going to let you go for it. Of
1: course, before I
0: do jump into the recap, just
1: super simple, did you like The 13th Year? It was okay.
0: Overall? It was not my It's not like a movie that I would be like, you know what I should watch, you know, like it's not like Hamilton. You know, okay. like I sit down and just turn it on just to watch it. Do Does you that think make sense? if you had
1: seen it when you were younger, would you have really liked it? So you asked me the mermaid question, but
0: yes, I feel like I did watch this when I was younger. I feel like when we talked about it last time, I was like, I don't know that I've watched that, but watching it now, like it came back to my mind, which it came out in the late nineties. If I remember right, is that Uh, probably two thousands. So like, you know, that's my prime Disney channel watching time, like Obviously younger in, but I I do remember watching this movie. So yeah, it's um not my favorite, but it's not like I didn't hate it. I didn't fall asleep. I've I've done some really terrible Disney movies on this podcast, and this like is definitely not one of them.
1: Wonderful. Solid middle ground. I really liked this movie as a kid. Again, it wasn't so much the mermaid aspect of it. Honestly, it probably had some to do with how cute Cody was but also like I just really kind of dug this movie as a kid. It was okay as a grown-up. Um, I think I liked probably Xenon and Halloween Town more obviously, but I liked 13th year. So I think it holds up. I think it's really good, but let's get into it. So this movie is going to open up with Big John the Fisherman. He is trying to capture Mermaid Mom from the ocean on a boat named Defiance. So in order to help hide, Mom is going to abandon her baby. Um, not intentional, well, kind of intentionally, but not really. Um, and then Big John realizes, oh my God, it's a mermaid, not a fish. And this moment fundamentally changes him. So mermaid mommy goes back to get the baby, but she accidentally put him on a boat where he is promptly found by a married couple, DIYer with tour boat dreams, wit and hippie and anti-vaxxer Sharon. And then mom cannot physically move herself to shed tears while her baby is being, I guess, taken by this human couple. So flash forward Cody is now grown. He helps his parents with their fledgling tour boat company. He is also an amazing swimmer. And then what is this? Fisherman and nerd, nerdy kid Cody. So there's fisherman and nerdy kid. Cody saves from drowning are related. And then now he and Cody are lab partners, which is great. So Cody's going to turn 13 years old, which of course we all know is the magic Disney age. It's when your life truly begins. Um, He gets his almost first kiss with his crush, Sam. Um, His mermaid mommy also swims up to his house while he is sleeping. She has not aged a single bit in 13 years. Um, Cody wakes up the next day and surprise, he can now zap things and his palms are sticky. Oh, and he's growing scales. Um, Jess, who is the nerdy kid, teaches Cody about the majesty of tide pools and they agree to swap bio lessons for swim lessons because Jess cannot swim. So shout out to Kristen Stewart in her first role as girl in line for the water fountain,
0: uncredited. Let's talk about the makeup of this line. I don't know if you noticed it but there are like full-grown adults standing at the back of the line and like woven into the line are like middle school and then like late elementary kids. And you're like, "What? what is the grade band of this here school? I have questions because like legit, like they definitely didn't look like teachers, but they look like at least college students, right? It's kind of, it,
1: I'm not sure how how big this town is supposed to be. So if it was a very small town, possibly it's, you know, an elementary, middle, or a middle high school. But at the same time, they've got a really big swim team. and But the the marching band is only like four kids. So I don't know if this movie knows how big the town is supposed to be. But I think that your astuteness – And yes, Kristen Stewart is like eight years old when she did this part. Mm-hmm. So she is tiny. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. It's, it's, it's some
0: inconsistency there. And then you also touched on this. And this was one of the things I was going to talk about later. Um, why is a marching band at a swim meet?
1: Well, clearly they don't have, I'm going to say probably the bigger sports, you know, the football, the basketball, the soccer. And so also if you're a school and your only good sport is swimming, you're probably going to go – like if that's where the fans are, you're probably going to go to swim meets. So, you know, I think maybe that's just what the school is really known for. I mean, they are state champs, Hannah,
0: state champs. So here – Or I guess they're on their way to state. Right. But here's my reasoning for this because like – if you've been in a swim gym setting, you know like that you barely talk okay. and like the sound is reverberating constantly and it's Oh exhausting. no, not in this
1: magic pool. They are having full on conversations all of the time while the band is playing and the the fans are cheering. They have those like, you know, those like foamy things that you put up in like recording studios or band classrooms to help, it's out e- of frame, but it's just covered in that.
0: Um uh, okay. Okay. Good to know. That's where the school budget I went. I feel like the humidity from the pool would be great for those things, but, you know. All the money they saved not buying football uniforms
1: were <laughs> bent on waterproof padding.
0: <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So I'll allow yes. you to continue your uh, recap and storyline. I just – these were the things – these were the questions Hannah had as she was watching this movie.
1: A lot of important questions. So Cody tries to mention to his parents that he's feeling weird, but they brush him off. He then proceeds to climb the walls of his bedroom and his parents finally let him see a doctor who says, oh, it's just puberty. Um, Jess and Cody proceed to conduct experiments like holding light bulbs. They time how quickly he can swim laps. Um, you know, he's commanding fish. They're looking at his scales under microscopes. Um, but without giving it all away, Jess basically confirms to his dad that Cody is a mermaid. Cody finally breaks down to his parents and shows them the scales that ha- appear on his arm whenever he gets wet. Um, and his parents explain how they found him as a baby. And as a family, they decide that he cannot go anywhere near water. Screw the state
0: swim finals. You will not be going. <laughs>
1: Spoiler alert he goes. So because he he's 13. Decides-
0: and he's able to make these decisions on his he's own. He's practically an
1: adult. I'm 13. Mm-hmm. Um, after trying some fish food, Cody cannot resist the siren song of the water and he swims out to seed. Uh, Mama Mermaid h- hides by a, behind a buoy and she watches her little tadpole. He, like, jumps super high into the air and now he has, like, a full set of fins on both of his arms. Um, he blows off his kind of girlfriend, Sam, in, like, my favorite scene um, and then sets her basically up for future relationship trauma. He argues with Sean, who is, like, his frenemy kind of kid like kind of his friend but is also kind Mm -hmm. of a jerk for a kid who still wants to pick on jess um he defies his parents to sneak off to the swim meet he wins the one race and sets a state record and oh yeah he has a full-on set of fins and the scoreboard explodes at the meet Uh, Big John and Sean are super suspicious. Sam skis his scales at his house and she promptly dumps him. Cody swims back out into the water and communicates telepathically with his mommy. Big John sees them and then scares them off and plots to kidnap them both. Sam and Cody meet at the cove. He has a transformation moment where he finally gets his tail fins and is kidnapped slash rescued by Big John, who is still obsessed with catching the mermaid. Like, bro, you need to read the room. Now is not the time. You are a grown man. I digress. (laughs) Jess falls into the water because I guess he still never really learned to swim. Um, Oh, excuse me. He's going to get into the water because he's going to cut the net to free Mermami, but he Mm -hmm. almost drowns again. Uh, John can't save him for some reason, so Cody has to like body roll flop into the water. Oh, Jess is dead, but Cody shocks him to bring him back to life um, after Sam uh, performs some uh, CPR. Sharon and the Mermami they have some meaningful eye contact like you and I are having right now through the screen, and she tearfully lets... Um, she cheerfully knows that she has to let Cody go into the ocean. And then it am- ends with an amazing CGI effect of Cody jumping into the water, which, again, I learned from Christie's kitchen throwback that apparently he was holding on to a, um, a pole and, like, a CGI pole, and they, like, pulled him out of the water, which is why he's, like, doing this, like, bench press <laughs> kind of pose um, in the movie.
0: So last two thoughts for me on the storyline are – do you get Sandlot vibes when they're trying to revive this kid?
1: I mean, is it because they kind of look similar? The actors yes, kind of look also similar. That. I'm going to say no, just because. Uh, what's the Sandlot kid's name? It doesn't matter. That kid is like intentionally trying to get to make out with Wendy, whereas Jess gets, I guess, the
0: the dream unexpected benefit <laughs> of,
1: of being kissed by Sam. Um, I think one was actually for resuscitation purposes and the other was for scam.
0: <laughs> scam purposes. Because today's theme is scamming. Um, yes. Also, I love the fact that, like you said, Sharon and Mermami are having this like telepathic conversation. And she says, you've got to go with her. But she promises you'll be back in time for school in the fall. And I'm like, Oh. We're going to talk because I have questions, um, but yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not
1: sure if I believe her, but we'll get into that in a minute.
0: And also, like, can, can, like, will he recover? I don't, I don't know what the right phrase is. Is he a shapeshifter? Like, is Will it he safe? pass? I don't know. <sighs> so many questions. So many, so many questions. No answers. So many there. mysteries, really. Yeah. So let's talk about characters. So we have Cody
1: Griffin, who is the protagonist, the 13-year-old. He's a part-time teenager, part-time athlete, part-time merman. Uh, (laughs) Wit and Sharon Griffin are his parents. Jess is the new nerd friend who has chosen marine biology as his hobby over Star Trek and Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons. I've never seen Star Trek, but I do like to play Dungeons and Dragons. Big John Wheatley is Jess's dad. He's part-time fisherman, part-time mermaid conspiracy theorist. And you know his name because he has painted it very largely on the side of his barn. Sam is the love interest who will need therapy as she gets older. Sean is the Frenemy Swimming Competition. We have the coach, who is a grown-up who is way too invested um, in the happiness. Excuse me. He invested way too much of his happiness in the success of teenage swimmers. And then you have Mermaid Marmy, who has no lines because who needs to speak when you look like that?
0: Yeah, I, I'm confused. Like, do mermaids not speak English? Do they have no spoken tongue? Like... Questions. I would imagine she has
1: a tongue. Maybe they just, maybe it's like, you know, how, I mean, like fish communicate with each other and they don't speak. So maybe Cody's just really bilingual. He can speak both fish and English. Hmm. Or she, when she speaks, it's actually like a, uh, uh, like a dolphin <laughs> noise. That was my really bad impersonation of a dolphin. And so she's just terrified because you know like it's like if you go to another country and you don't speak the language and you just smile a lot that's kind of I think what's happening there she just doesn't want to like indicate
0: she doesn't know what's going on so it's just a lot of like "Uh uh-huh yeah uh, yeah uh uh-huh I'm gonna have to go with you on that because I've never gone to another country but sounds good go with somebody who speaks the language it's so (laughs) much easier so why don't you tell us who your favorite character is and why Cody, because he's cute, and
1: Sam, because, again, I think partly kind of jumping ahead into what we're going to discuss in a minute of if he's actually coming back or not. If he doesn't, she's going to have a lot to process, and I think it's really going to affect the relationships that she is able to have as she gets older. Um, I mean, how do you come back from my first boyfriend was a mermaid, you know, or a merman? (laughs) like? I don't know where you go from there. So probably Cody or or, um, Sam. Do you have a
0: favorite? Yes. I like Jess. I think he's a really fun, like, quirky kid that's, like, again, he's a lot like Sam in that he's had a lot of (laughs) interesting upbringing. And so he's got a lot of baggage as well from that. And it's so interesting that, like, his dad is a fisherman, but he's never taught his kid to swim. I have questions.
1: Yeah, maybe – we don't ever actually see Big John in the water, so maybe, you know, John doesn't know how to swim. He's like, if I'm in a boat, I'm good, but you can't pay me to get in that water. There's mermaids in there. I don't feel safe.
0: What about a pool?
1: Well, Jess gets in a pool and promptly drowns with his tuba. So, but I'm
0: saying, like, Dad could have been like, Know what? Well, Water safety, bud. You need to learn how to swim if you're going to be on my boat. Possibly, access to a pool is a, is
1: you know a sign of privilege, and it doesn't seem like that family is rolling in the money because Dad is clearly not fishing anymore. He's just looking for mermaids and spouting off his crazy theories to the locals. So, so I no don't. No one's think inviting
0: them over for pool
1: parties. He's not getting invited to a lot of pool parties. Exactly.
0: We just have a lot of regional pools around here. Like you can pay like three dollars to go swim. Did they have those in Kansas when you were growing up? We had like a pool. City we had
1: like a city pool. I think I went like three times as a kid. Um, I barely can swim. I barely passed the swim test every year when I was a camp counselor. I failed it one year, so I couldn't go on the lake, but they really needed counselors to go on the lake, so I had to redo it. And I think they just kind of were like, yep, you passed. Here's your trip. <laughs> we're like, good luck. Don't save children. You can't do it. So no, I'm not a strong swimmer. I'm, I'm probably – i might be a jess i'm probably a jess in the water
0: well i'm sad that that is your fate let's talk quotes from this movie there are so many like little fun one-liners in this movie i just loved them but i didn't have my computer out you commented before we started about how how few notes i took this time uh, and it was just because i was trying to you know, just enjoy the movie. Sometimes when I'm watching these movies, I get so focused on taking notes that, like, I miss stuff. Yeah. And so quotes typically be typically are the only things that I, like, sit down and, like, really pay attention to. So I got two, but there are a lot of really fun ones. Like, how you came up with Jess's description is a quote straight from the movie. So... What are your
1: favorite quotes? I think for my first quote, um, it's actually the second part of your first quote. So why don't you ask your first quote and then I'll answer it with my first quote.
0: Okay. Um, so Jess is asking Cody this. So I feel like- You're at a water meaning. fountain. We need context. And he's been drinking out of said water fountain for a solid minute. I didn't time it, but in Hannah World, it was at least 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. Um, And so Jess says, do you always drink this much? So I'm thirsty.
1: I've been thirsty lately. That's all you need to say. You know, why are you coming at me, bro? I'm a little (laughs) thirsty. Back off. My body's going through some
0: changes. (laughs) What are some of your other favorite quotes?
1: Um, When Jess and Cody are first kind of starting to work together on their project, they're out looking at tide pools. Um, And so Jess is explaining how you know what social outcasts do all day because clearly they're not going to pool parties. So, you know, that's just how social outcasts spend their days find a nice spot and stick it in their head in the ground. It makes the time fly and it's good for the skin. Also, very defensive. Yeah. But I loved it. Um, The final third quote I have is um, Cody and Sam. It's right after Cody jumps really, really high in the air for the first time. And he realizes that he has these gigantic arm fins. So he quickly gets on the beach. He sees Sam coming. So he jams both of his arms into the sand. And so um, Sam comes up. Hey, Cody, what are you doing? Oh, nothing much. Just sitting and looking. Can I sit and look too? No, no. I mean, no way I would not want you to sit and look. No way. Just, oh. I don't know, just the delivery. I the actor's delivery was just wonderful. I love it.
0: And the quick recovery. Like he he really does manage that well for a 13-year-old. Yeah. No way I'd want you to not sit and look. <laughs> no way. But he never shows his arms. It's fair. It's fair. So like you mentioned, mom is anti-vaxxer, hippie. Hundred percent. did Not get her
1: Corona shot. No,
0: no, no. So she says, you know how I feel about doctors, and both the dad and Cody, in unison, say, "We know." We know. They're quacks they're with, quacks with stethoscopes. stethoscopes. That was terrible. But they did it much better than we just did. We <laughs> because the they couple. were they were live in person. We are not. Um. So, like, that's a great. I just love that quote because, like, you could tell like it had been ingrained in their heads, and like even when the dad suggested that they see a doctor, he like hesitated before he said it, and then he just was like, "No." And you know, like this is a battle. The
1: ceiling, but we maybe should see a doctor, hon.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can tell this is a battle that this poor man has fought his, I say, his entire life, the last thirteen years, like. You know? Probably before.
1: Oh, yeah. Uncle Je- Uncle Joey does not. That man is a saint.
0: <laughs> so, let's talk sequel. There is not a sequel to this movie, correct? Correct. So, what, what would you want?
1: I, I put this in the sequel, but I think it's kind of maybe what would immediately happen afterwards. So, if more people don't get their abilities and their, like, features and stuff until they're 13... But baby Cody doesn't drown underwater. Like, what happens to mer babies until they are thirteen? Can they just like breathe underwater and swim like normal? Like, how does that work? Because you know you can't just put a baby underwater. I would assume. Like, how 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 does that work? What do you think? What are your thoughts on baby gill breathing underwater?
0: So I feel like we're talking more like in terms of a prequel. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if it would be a prequel. I don't know. I'm thinking too much. But in terms Are you of like, wanting
0: answers, you're wanting answers, right? I, I want some answers. So we you know? need some we honestly need a prequel and we need a sequel here.
1: What if instead of a prequel or a sequel it was like a companion guide? You know, like a comic book. Like, here's how baby mer people work or whatever. Like, <laughs> Sam and Cody have a baby. Here's how it happens. But I need the movie of what happens, like, one month after the end of the, end of the film. So um, Sharon, who says that Cody will be back by the start of the square because mer Mommy told her this telepathically, is she telling the truth or is she lying to spare everyone's feelings? So before we kind of go into it, do you think she's telling the truth and that, like, Cody will be back or do you think that she's lying and is just trying to, like, make it seem better?
0: So here – I have a follow-up question to your question, and okay. that is who are you implying is lying, Mommy or Sharon? Sharon.
1: When Sharon says, oh, she says mm-hmm. she'll have him back by the start of the school year, and clearly Mermaid Mommy's not going to, like, respond because she's a dolphin voice, is, is Sharon <laughs> telling the truth? Does, is that really what she thinks or Mermaid Mommy told her, or is she
0: just, like, lying? So, I feel like based on her aura and her hippy dippy self, like lying isn't is like not simpatico for her, like okay. it's not okay. But I could see her mommy lying to spare everyone's feelings. Ooh. And she has no stake in this situation. She can just take she can just take Cody and Cody can come come live with her under the sea and go hang out with Ariel.
1: Because Cody is clearly like, he is chomping at the fin to get in the ocean and like to be with, not, it doesn't really seem like to be with his mom, but more so to like be in the water. Like, and to be the a boy mermaid. Is thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. He is so, so thirsty. If, if they're lying, like, does CPS come calling? Like, Witten and Sharon clearly like have to leave town after this. So, like, how do you explain your child just disappearing? Like, bo- he went to boarding school. Like, how does that work? Or if she is telling the truth, and Cody really will be back by the start of the school in the fall. Like, how does he hide, like, all of his stuff? You know, like, if it's water activated, okay. But, like, the boy is, like, constantly dehydrated. So does Mommy get him during, like, school holidays until he graduates? Like, you know, why can't she just go to the surface? Like, has she been underwater too long? And, like, those fins aren't going to come back? Like, I just, you know, I, I wonder what comes next. That's what I want in my sequel. I want more answers.
0: There's so many questions. So many
1: questions. Let's call them mysteries. I think it sounds more exciting if we call them. There's so many mysteries left to be explored.
0: There are. And so the question is, like, like you said, this movie is a good movie. Like, I'm apathetic towards it, but I think it's I'm apathetic because there are so many mysteries. And so I wonder why Disney did not capitalize on this situation. I know this. So –
1: Oh, shout out to Chez, who is the star. He was on Chrissy's Kitchen Throwback. He said that it cost over $5 million to make this Disney Channel. It is, like, one of the most expensive decoms of all time. It went very, very over budget. So I would imagine that probably they Disney – and he was, like, telling a story about how he got, like, flung across a pool on accident with, like, the stunts and, you know, almost cracked his head open. And I just imagine they were probably, like – so that was a learning curve and we do not have the budget or the insurance to do this again. So no thanks. Though I suppose now like, and yes, the CGI is a little hokey and, and not great. It doesn't, you know, hold up to like 2021 standards. So I would imagine if they were to do some kind of sequel, it would be way less practical effects and a lot more green screen, which
0: isn't the same, you know, it doesn't hit the same. Lots of mysteries. So let's talk about our favorite moments. What stood out to you? Obviously,
1: Cody in the sand and just him and Sam, their relationship's cute. This is like an allegory for puberty, right? Like this whole movie's about like your body changing and things are happening to you that are outside of your control. and Mysteries. Mysteries are happening <laughs> and
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a quote where they say, when you're a teenager, everything changes. So I think that supports your theory. And then I, my favorite moment is he wakes up, for those of you who can't see Megan, because this is not is a all of you <laughs> podcast, uh, she's reenacting the scene, and I love it. When he wakes up the morning of his 13th birthday, he walks into the kitchen, he grabs a carton of orange juice or milk, I'm not really sure, and... His mom, as he opens it and goes to take a drink, she goes, use a glass. And he promptly drinks it all because he's 13 and dehydrated and a merman. (laughs) He's really thirsty. That's what I was going for. He's uh, thirsty. That was a swing and a miss. (sighs) It's fine. We don't finish each other's sandwiches. Um, So the carton is stuck to his hand and like he finally gets it off, and then he's like staring at his hands, and then his mom sees that he's staring at his hands, and so she starts staring at her hands, and then dad comes in and like looks at his hands for a minute, and then he's like, "What's what's going on? Like this is this is strange. I don't remember exactly what he says. Am I the only normal one in this family, or something like oh, that?" Yes, yes, and I think the answer is, in fact, yes. <laughs> Yes, he is. It's very true. <laughs> because as we've established, mom is real weird, and then son is a merman, or maid, or whatever you want to call him. So, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of things happening in this movie. And so we we have made it to our final thoughts. What are your final thoughts, Megan?
1: Big John the Fisherman has his own Ripley's, like, believe it or not, barn. Like, that, I, I don't know if they live there or what the deal is, but I was just like, this is... Unsettling. There are so many pan flute solos throughout this whole movie. Just if you haven't watched it yet, dear listeners, give it a whirl, girl, and just close your eyes and listen and let the melodies of the pan flute <laughs> sway you and fill your soul. Um, and then obviously the killer ending song, that I be a changing in my 13th year, um, also on the ears premiere soundtrack, did not skip that bop. I don't even know if that's a cool word anymore, but that was a great <laughs> song. Loved it. Um, and then finally, the third episode of Christie's Kitchen Throwback I watched was with Courtney, who um, plays Sam, and learned that she was in the final callbacks for Xenon, but she lost to Kirsten Storms. So, so close, girl, so close. Not sad. Any about final it. thoughts on your? Not me. Yeah, <laughs> Kirsten Storms did such a great job. Um, any final thoughts from you?
0: Um, no, I don't have any final thoughts. So we can go into your. Actor, actress, what, yeah. where are they now situation? Uh, Justin John Ross, who
1: played Jess, he was in Recess and Little Giants. Courtney Draper was Sam. She was in the Disney Infinity Games. Uh, she's in the DCOM stepsister from Planet Weird, so we will be seeing her again. Um, and then the TV show The Jersey, which was one of the like very original Disney Channel shows, actually. Um, Dave Coulier played Wit. He was in the Even Stevens movie, apparently. Um, and then the Little Movie TV show. Ted Redwin played Sean. He was in the movie Punks, which is now in Decom. Um, and then Karen Mayuma, I should have pronounced this. Karen Meuyama was the teacher and she has a lot of one episode arcs on like six different uh, Disney Channel shows. So um, in terms of our running statistics, uh, this is – I'm going to call this a sports movie just because swimming features so prevalently in it. So we have two sports, five non-sports. This one also was a nice fade to black after Cody's being lifted in the air. Um,
0: And the protagonist is male. So five males, two females. Great job, Megan. I think this was a nice and tight recap of these two movies.
1: I, thank you. You know, I think I I hope that we are going to um, come an- across another Disney Channel movie that you really enjoy. It's been, you know, a, a few ups I but like a lot Sinon. of downs. Okay, yeah. Again, a few ups but a lot of downs. So again, I'm hoping that we can um, get you another good one soon.
0: We're getting closer to Hannah's like real your time. Yes, and yeah, so this is my time. So we are gonna hit oh, some. But we've got some good
1: ones coming up, Hannah. I'm excited. Uh, Smart House is next, June 26, 1999. Johnny Tsunami again, a wonderful. So now we're getting into the See, almost. Like I'm month, already so. excited. Like yeah, Can of it's Worms fine. was April 13th. Year was May. Smart House was June,
0: and Johnny Tsunami was July. So Smart these house. next
1: two ones are going to be wonderful.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Excited about Smart House. Um, I have robots all over my house. I'm not referring to them by their name because then they'll make a noise. Um, and that's because I want to live in Smart House, despite the way the movie ends. Uh, I just, I I, I think it's w- so cool. I do
1: not. So we are going to have a very interesting, oh, and we're going to see Katie from um, Brink. Katie will be back as the little sister in on that one. So I think we're going to have an interesting discussion about um, how much we do or do not trust technology uh, in our next discussion. So I'm looking forward to it in 18 months when I'm back or whatever the schedule is. October. October Ooh, I wish it was a Halloween one but that's oh which is sad because don't look under the bed is a wonderful Halloween movie but we'll cover that probably in like February or something but it will be good get me on more frequently Hannah it's what the people want
0: I mean I can have you on every month if you want but like I said I feel like I'm bothering you every single time you're totally good I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess A&Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.